Hi there, welcome to Where's Wilmington, I'm Lisa Kapala. I think we know it's fall out there, even though the weather's been kind of up and down. And you might be looking around your own yard thinking, I need to brush up my leaves or rake. But have you ever looked around the town and thought, gee, the town looks kind of nice, how does that happen? Well, we're gonna fill you in. Today I have with me Jamie Magaldi. He is the operations manager for the DPW and also our tree warden. Who even knew we had a tree warden? Well, now we're gonna know. <laughs> welcome, Jamie. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. So let's start at the very beginning. How does one become a tree warden? So it's interesting. Um, a lot of people don't realize that Massachusetts requires every city and town to have a tree warden. Hmm. And that decision was made back in 1899. And Massachusetts wow. became the first state to require it for each community. Hmm. And um, so what happened is in uh, right around 1996, Governor Weld at the time um, amended a law which required tree wardens to have a degree of qualifications and it was a very ambiguous law. It didn't define what the qualifications were. Mm. And so then in the late 90s, the Massachusetts Tree Wardens and Forests Association came out with a list of recommendations which every tree warden should have based on the population of the town. Wow. So in order to be a tree warden in a community like Wilmington, in a population over 10,000 people you required, or not required, but recommended to be a certified arborist and also have a pesticide license. Okay. And at least an associate's degree in a related field to arboriculture. And you must have all those. So I'm a, uh, I have a bachelor's degree in civil engineering. I'm a registered professional civil engineer and I am a Massachusetts certified arborist and also have a pesticide license. Wow. Yeah. So the obvious question would be, do we really need a tree warden? And what does a tree warden do? Sure. Sounds so, kind of like a superfluous position until you know the ins and outs of it. That's correct. So uh, Mass General Law Chapter 87 requires that there be a public shade tree hearing anytime a healthy public shade tree is to be removed from a town right away. And hmm. um, what a public shade tree is defined as is any tree that is within an accepted town right of way, regardless of size, really. Generally speaking, the industry goes to a four inch diameter um, a girth of a tree. Right. But generally speaking, uh, the way the law reads is it's anything up to about an inch in diameter. Wow. Now, understanding a lot of those trees would be really weeds, it, just weeds that weren't maintained, which grow into something a little bit, um, you know, around the one inch mark. But we do generally as an industry adhere to the four inch. Okay, so I've talked to George Hooper before, who you must work in of tandem course. with as part of the town, right? Yep, sure. Um, I guess if you're doing your job well, we don't even know you're doing your job, right? Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of something in the municipal realm that happens all the time. You know, you tend to um, really hear when you're not doing your job well. So a lot of times no news is good news. Right. And the fact that a lot of people don't know that there really is a tree warden or a lot of our other functions in DPW for that matter, you know, I think that speaks positively to our team and, and to what we're doing. Right, because just like snow removal or anything else, we if if the paths are clear, you don't get any calls. That's but right. if something's not quite right, 
you will get those calls. That's right. And now in the age of social media, it's kind of turning the tide a little bit. We are getting a little bit more recognized for being true first responders. Um, we kind of sat at a campaign a couple mm -hmm. of years ago alongside with police and fire as being what's called the third silent arm of public safety. So, um, you know, we are the people that are clearing the roads during storms. Uh, the tree department is certainly removing down trees off of uh, roadways, allowing the police and fire vehicles to get to where they need to go. So we work in tandem and, you know, we want to make sure that residents are safe. Okay. So let's talk about some of the things that the tree warden doesn't do. Okay. Because I know people are going to say, oh, tree warden, well, my neighbor's tree is kind of hanging over and I want to cut that off and I should just call Jamie but we probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's a good point. The term warden, a lot of people think of as kind of a- Law enforcement. A law enforcement agent. So if somebody is having an issue with a private tree or maybe their neighbor isn't maintaining their tree properly and it's overhanging their private property, a lot of times they'll give me a call and at that point I let them know that, you know, I'd really like to help you out, but in this case, the tree warden is only right. charged with working with town trees. So what should someone do? I guess they would, legal action through or talk to the neighbor first yeah you know in this day and age it's it's very easy to not talk to your neighbor for whatever reason but right. you know i think we go back to basics number one communication if you have an issue with something your neighbor is doing or not doing in the case of trimming a tree just talk to them they might be able to give you permission to do it yourself um, the fact of the matter is if you have a tree overhanging your property, you do have a right to trim it vertically up from the property line. Mm -hmm. But from an arboriculture standpoint, just dead end cutting a branch like that might not be the healthiest thing for a tree. So. Right, because although it solves the cosmetic problem, right. maybe other things would happen yeah. with the tree when it's cut down. I mean, I know when, we, when I was a kid, we had a weeping willow and we cut it down and we put paint mm -hmm. on the top of the edge of the tree because we had heard that there would be issues if you left the tree and little sprouts would come. Is it true? That's right. So um, not, not really. That, that was a practice that was widely done back then. Um, We're talking about the 60s. That's right. And so a lot of times, and the town used to do that as well, when we would trim a tree, we would, we would stump paint it, basically. Yes. And the idea would be to try to seal it off from any sort of fungus or anything that would try to infiltrate, uh, infiltrate the tree. Mm -hmm. We don't really do that anymore. So, uh, but there are definite best management practices as far as pruning. And you know, as, as a tree warden, if you give me a call, I can kind of uh, show you or point you in the right direction of where those best management practices can be located. Okay. So if you do have questions about how to maintain your own trees, I'd be more than willing to help anybody out. They can give us a call and I'll All point right. them in that right so direction. So that part we can handle, but not so much the litigation or the I don't like that this tree is hanging here or this seems sure. overgrown or what yeah. have you. Weird question, how many trees are you managing, do you think, in the town? Yeah, so... And it, what kind? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a moving number, obviously, because, you know, for every so many that we have to remove or cut down, we are trying to plant. Uh, right now, it's not a one-for-one, one, but we'd like to try to get to that point. Mm -hmm. uh, there are tens of thousands of trees in the municipal rights of way that we're maintaining. We did receive a grant a few years back to start an inventory. And so as you're driving around town, you might see some trees that have a little blue tag screwed to them. And that's just got a number on it. That's an inventory number. So a lot of our public shade trees are inventoried. Uh, and that's a project that we'll be working on continuously. I don't think we'll ever quite finish that given the amount of trees in town. Right. But it's something that we've been working on. Okay. How important do you feel trees are to our environment in general as an arborist and a tree warden? 
the bigger picture. Sure. I mean, I know we all think about shade is nice and trees are pretty, but what's the real impact environmentally for us as people with trees? Yeah, so uh, trees are definitely a sustainable environmental project. You know, they remove carbon dioxide from the air and in turn they give off oxygen. So as far as air quality, it, that's a big concern. Um, the other major thing that they do is intercept stormwater for us. So you'll see, you know, bigger cities that don't have as many herb, uh, trees or a smaller urban canopy have a much greater problem with stormwater retention and infiltration. Uh, okay, so which flooding causes flooding and causes other flooding, issues, right? Causes flooding and other issues, um, pollution control, erosion control, the root zone of a tree helps the soil stay where it should be. So when there's a heavy rain, a lot of that's not washing away. And then there are some ancillary benefits as well. Studies have shown that the more um, trees a town has, the better their economy is. Ooh. And in general, moods are lifted as well. Okay, well, how are we doing with the moods of our trees in the town? Yeah. Do we have enough? Do we need more? I know you said you're planting some. Yeah. And I believe I saw something in the town crier about a bunch of your guys planting some trees. So that's sure. ongoing, but it is. Yes. how are so we doing with our we're trees? Doing, we're doing well, we're moving forward. Um, last year was actually the first year the town became what's called the Tree City USA. And that's a program that is administered by the Arbor Day Foundation and it recognizes cities and towns for their efforts in trying to maintain their urban canopy. And okay. so last year was the first year of that. We, we uh, intend to apply every year to maintain that. All right. And as part of that, um, one of the requirements of becoming a tree city is that you have to celebrate Arbor Day as a town. And the Wilmington Public Library has done an awesome job uh, the last two years helping us out with um, doing a tree, tree seedling giveaway to the town. And that's generally done around Arbor Day, which is typically the last Friday in April. Okay. And so I'm not sure if they're doing that next spring or not, but they have done it for the last, the last two years. And uh, it was a first come first serve basis. They were giving away tree seedlings for free. I believe it was two per family. And so okay. every seedling that they give away, you know, if that gets planted in the ground, that helps us replenish the canopy. Because you can't do it all by that, yourself. That's right. You, no, you, it's, we have to have help here. Yeah. How it's, expensive are trees to purchase? Well, it depends on what size they are. So if you were to go to a nursery, um, you know, a good tree that's about an inch in caliper, which would be at uh, roughly breast height, uh, would be roughly anywhere between $400 and $900, wow. depending on the species. What you want to be careful of is you can certainly go to some of the box stores and purchase trees that are cheaper. You might be able to get a tree for $50 or $60. Just keep in mind, you know, what you're looking for because a lot of times those trees have been rejected from a, a larger nursery and then they huh. get discounted and sent to box stores. Nothing generally wrong with that. It's just that you might have to prune it a little bit more frequently or maybe give it a little bit more TLC. Okay. So obviously we live in New England and we get some snow here, especially in Wilmington. Mm. What kinds of trees do best in our area? So it's always best to plant trees that are native to the area. Um, Wilmington has its fair share of pine trees and evergreen trees. Not too many people are looking to, to replant those, but it does happen. Yeah. Uh, those they, pine trees, they get a bad rap. They do, I mean, but they're very important. And the reason Wilmington has so many pine trees is pine trees typically like acidic soil. And okay. Wilmington soil tends to be very sandy and very acidic. So those trees do thrive. Um, one of the issues that we have with them, because as you know, no tree lasts forever, right. pine trees don't have tap roots. So they become a little bit unstable when they get very large. And we tend to see those trees overturning a little bit more than say an oak tree would, which mm -hmm. has a tap root. Um, so in addition to pine trees, we have oaks, maples, right. uh, lots of birch trees, poplar trees. 
you know, this is a good mix. And even trees um, that we don't have native in Wilmington, we're actually trying to replant a lot of Chinese elm trees, for instance. Mm. The American elm tree was very popular back before it got Dutch elm disease. So there are variations of the elm tree that you can now replant that are resistant to Dutch elm disease that we're trying to reintroduce. Okay. How many physical properties within the town do you manage, meaning the town common? Where else sure. do you look? Yentile yeah. Farm probably too. There's a lot of trees over there. There are. Yeah. There's plenty in Yentile, which is about an eight-acre parcel. Uh, generally speaking, we have about 60 acres of playing fields and school grounds as well. Mm -hmm. So really, if there is a tree on town property, whether it be at the town hall, at any of the athletic fields along the outskirts, um, or anything like that, any of the parks, surely, Rotary Park, if there's a tree in Wilmington on Wilmington town property, generally speaking, we would be maintaining that. Okay. What's a typical, quotes, day look like for you? Are you walking around properties? checking stuff you have a nice excel spreadsheet sure. with all the thousand trees what what's it yeah like? so that's the beauty of this job is it's a different thing every day so being a tree warden is not a full-time job my full-time job is the operations manager for seven divisions within dpw say um, that again seven divisions seven, seven people yep. seven divisions and, wow and okay. so um you know if we do get a call so the tree department consists of three uh boots on the ground workers. We have a tree foreman and then two uh, equipment operators. Mm -hmm. And so if a call comes in that they can't handle or a question about a, um, the condition of a town tree, either the tree warden or myself would go out and inspect it. And we have a database that gets kept on the inspection. Okay. And we'll do a thorough inspection using um, arborist protocols. And if we determine that the tree is hazard or mm -hmm. dead or dying, we'd put it on a list to remove it or prune it or do whatever we need to do. Okay. And then when it's a larger tree, obviously that's a coordination between, I always love to watch when they cut down trees. It's sad, but I like sure. to watch the actual engineering of it. So sure. that must be where your civil engineering piece comes in to help you to figure out how we're going to take this down safely with that's houses right. and people and wires and all of that. So do you actually have a meeting for each individual tree you're going to remove? A lot of times we do. Um, we've been lucky for the past uh, almost 40 years to have a tree foreman who just actually retired last spring. Uh, but a lot of times the experience of removing a tree is, is worth much more than the education on how to do it. You need to be able to do the work in, in order to prove that you can do it safely. Right. And so with his experience and all, obviously the experience of our other guys, we would have some sort of a meeting, whether it be in my office or at the site, on how to rig the tree, how to, which would be to use ropes to take it down. And you're right. absolutely right. Cut it in pieces. I, I can't sure. even imagine the engineering. Sure. Sometimes when I watch it, I, I see, why are they not cutting that piece? And then I watch it more and I say, oh, that makes sense. Sometimes yeah. to us looking at it, it doesn't make sense as to why you're going about it the way you are, but it all has to do with mathematics and physics, I it, guess. It really does, and that's a great point because the agriculture field in general was having a very difficult time recruiting new workers to the tree care industry. And so one of the ideas that we come up with on the Mass Tree Wardens and Forests Association was to try to recruit tree workers from engineering schools. So many kids have, um, they go into engineering because they like the hands-on physics of, of solving a problem. Right. And removing a tree is definitely a physics project. You know, there are a lot of forces that go into that tree. You have to cut it in a proper way so it can be removed safely. Right, because that's the goal. That's correct. And we don't want to disrupt anybody 
because then you'll get those calls That's that right. you love. That's right. What other things should we know about what you do that we as a community can ask you for? We've talked about, yes, you can give guidance as to talking to your neighbor, but what other things? If we want to know what kind of trees to plant in our yard? Yeah, you, you can certainly do that. I mean, that? there's a fine line where you would want to consult with your own certified arborist for private property related uh, okay. issues. but. You know, Wilmington's a small community. I, I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody if they have general questions. And like I said, I can okay. point them in the right direction. And do you have a so social media piece as well that you use? Yeah, so we've been posting more on the town's Twitter page, especially when we do a planting and trying to just kind of uh, share the news that we're not only removing trees and cutting trees down that are dead or dying, but we're in the process of trying to replenish the canopy mm. and educate people on the importance of trees. Okay, so what is the lifespan, I guess, of an average tree, or what is the cycle? How often do you have to replant to guard a, yeah, you're looking at me like, yeah, that's fun to plant. Yeah. How do you actually manage that, knowing how many trees and when to replant? How do you yeah. do that? It, it's a moving target, um, depending on the species of the tree. We have trees in town that are upwards of 150 years old. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we have trees that have only been planted 20 years ago that are already on the way out. So a lot of it has to do with where they are. Mm -hmm. You know, a tree that gets a lot of, um, of, of wind exposure from all sides might not last as long as a tree that's kind of tucked and hidden behind mm -hmm. other trees in the woods. Right. And certainly the trees that are roadside see a lot of abuse with not only vandalism, car accidents sometimes are a big issue, um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. trees that get scarred by car damage. Sure. But also salt damage from the snow and ice operation. Right, and we have bogs as well. Right. So how does that affect the tree growth? Um, you know, again, depending on the species and where it is, uh, a lot of trees prefer to have kind of a wet area around it, and some don't. Some get a mm -hmm. little bit more unstable. And with the amount of rain that we've seen this past year, right. you know, um, people might have noticed the abundance of leaves this fall. Yes. It seems like there's a lot of leaves and that might be indicative of the amount of moisture that we got right. over the spring. Even I've noticed some blooms have been blooming later in the season than yeah. hydrangeas are blooming later in the season than they should be. And we certainly don't want to get into Al Gore's political concept yeah. about global warming, but I can see change in climate drastically affects it does how the how it's going to look the cosmetics of it yeah the one yeah. of the big problems that we're seeing is that we might have a cold snap in november and december and then you have almost a thaw in january to the point where some of these trees are starting to bud and when that happens that bud comes out and then it gets cold again and it stops growing then we have a snow and ice storm and so that bud acts as additional weight where that ice is adhering to and it's pulling the weight of the tree down so right you know we have a lot more tree failures when there's a fluctuation in temperature right so a lot of times i think as residents we think about snow and school closing but you're looking at it differently what is that ice and snow going to do to our trees especially on our public roads that's right how much of that makes you anxious when you see what's coming yeah well i've been doing this for 18 years in wilmington now so um I am very anxious when storms yes. like that come, and it doesn't get any easier. But the fact of the matter is, the guys that we have on board, we have approximately 40 men and women that help uh, the DPW do what we do, and they're really great and they're seasoned at what they do. So a lot of my anxiety is lessened by the fact that That's they're good. professionals and they're doing what they need to do. Just as another aside, why do you think you became an arborist and a tree warden? Why? So I've always kind of liked the outdoors. It's one of the aspects that drove me towards civil engineering in the first place. But right. the fact of the matter is, when I started working for Wilmington, um, our current tree warden, who was the superintendent of public works, now retired, uh, after he left, there was a void there. And so 
having an interest in trees, I took that title of tree warden, but I wanted to take it the next step. Being an arborist, again, is not required for this position with the population that we But it's sure have, helpful. But it's certainly helpful, <laughs> yes. and I've been to court a few times over litigation really? issues with failures, and it always helps to know what you're talking about when you're sitting there in the courtroom. Wow. When you say litigation, yep. what kinds of things, without going into too much detail? Yeah, so, uh, and, you know, if, if there was, uh, say, a limb were to fall on someone's property mm. and damage mm -hmm. a fence or a car or uh, anything like that, you know, they might ask uh, the town tree warden to show up. And Interesting and ask when the last time the tree was inspected or mm. if I thought there was a problem with the tree and, and maybe we just didn't do anything with it right. or if it just fell as an active nature. Right. And I mean, there are so many illnesses that trees can get that, I mean, we know root rot, that's pretty basic, but sometimes trees get speckles on them and we just think that's yeah. the way the tree grows. But right. there can be things that are yeah, you know, it, inherent in the nature of the business, right? It's. It's very interesting because to be an arborist, you need to know a little bit about everything, about the structural integrity of trees and physics. You need to know a little bit about uh, how plants grow. And you also need to know a little bit about entomology, which is the study of insects. Right, and, right. Um, if you've been studying uh, the news at all the last 10 years, the city of Worcester had a big problem with some invasive insects called the Asian longhorn beetle, which really mm. devastated their tree canopy. So. Um, there have been great strides to try to eradicate that from central Massachusetts, but we are on the lookout constantly for what are known as invasive species, right. bugs that will uh, attack I mean, I'm thinking about the gypsy moths. We had a problem with that. Yeah. But I think in the cycle of life, when you remove something, this is what you're meaning about etymology being part of that piece, there's going to be an effect for everything that you do. So you have to be careful. That's you might just want right. to say, well, let's just remove this, yeah. but then there's a... Another piece yeah. that happens. Back yeah. in the 70s uh, in Wilmington, there was a lot more tree spraying that was done with mm. pesticides and herbicides and, uh, you know, to eradicate insects and gypsy moth was a big part of that. Um, we're a little bit more, I wouldn't call it organic, but we're a little bit more um, accustomed to doing things more carefully. You know, we wouldn't want to spray for an insect right away. We might use that as a last resort. But, um, there must be natural ways to kind of make them stay away. Right. So about five to seven years ago, we had a, an issue in Wilmington with what's known as the winter moth. Mm -hmm. And one of the strategies that we used to control the winter moth was to put sticky tape around the trunk of the tree because the mating cycle of these moths, they would actually crawl up the trunk of the tree and nest in the canopy. Mm. Well, if you're breaking that cycle, they have to walk over that sticky tape in order to get up the tree and they get stuck on the tape. And that's so, a nice way of doing it rather than sure. doing something that yep. is going to affect all kinds of stuff. That's true. Right. So again, as we said in the beginning of the program, if you're doing your job well, which we know that you are, mm -hmm. then we don't hear anything, right? Yeah, no but there's a lot that goes into the decisions that you make. A and not just you, you said 40 people sure. plus chatting and probably talking with other communities to see what they're facing. Right. Is there anything we as a community can do to help you do your job better? Yeah, so uh, anyone in the community can go to our DPW tree website. Uh, that's located on the WilmingtonMA.gov website. You just okay. navigate to Public Works and then to Tree Division. Mm -hmm. And there are some useful links on there. There are some links on how to identify invasive insects. So certainly mm -hmm. if you see any of those insects in town that are identified on the website, you want to give us a call because once we find those bugs, we have to report them to the state. Okay. But we're doing okay right now as a community. We don't have any infestations as of today. Yeah, none that we know right. of. I can tell you that uh, one of those insects is called the, the emerald ash borer, and this is a, a bug that infests only ash trees in town. Mm. 
Uh, a lot of our sur surrounding communities have found it. It's um, most likely already in Wilmington. We just haven't found it yet. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much regulated anymore because more and more towns are developing this insect. So, um, but we do have to be careful because if there's an infestation of ash trees, right. this insect tends to dry these trees out very quickly. They become very brittle when they die. And so if these dead ash trees are near the street, we would want to remove them before they become a liability for I mean, us. Oh my goodness, who knew it was so complicated? Yeah. You also must work with the Conservation Commission in town too, yes. because of all the uh, different trails and things we have in Wilmington too. Yeah, we do. So you know, if they have a, a town tree that is threatening a trail or something like that, or close by to a park, you know, they'll give us a call. But that's another good point. A lot of people will call us saying that they have conservation land in their backyard, and so they call us to remove a tree. Well, conservation land could mean that it's just protected wetland from a private property, not necessarily town property. So, you know, again, they can give us a call, and I'll walk, work through them on our GIS system over the phone and just determine whether or not it is indeed a town tree that we're responsible for. Excellent. Anything final you'd like to add today, Jamie, before we close? Uh, just I think that, you know, we're very lucky to have the staff that we do in town. Again, I've got 40 men and women that are, have just been awesome to work with. I really nice. appreciate their efforts. And uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions about trees or anything else the DPW is in charge of, certainly give us a call. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy tree life to come and visit with us. I learned so much and I hope you did too. Just reminding you that you're watching Where's Wilmington. The next time someone asks you Where's Wilmington, you tell them right here and right here on WCTV. We'll be with you again soon.